Welcome to Fearless Five, a podcast about living a fearless life. I'm your host, Heather Larson. I'm here to cheerlead you on into a life of fearlessness. Fearless Five will give you a daily audio blast of mini coaching sessions. You can read the show notes at destinyarchitecture.com. Welcome to Fearless Five, episode number 39. How did we get this far so quickly? <laughs> Well, then again, the seasons are changing and where I live in Kansas, we had a few seasons this week. We had summer. We might have had fall. We had winter. Um, Yeah, we had like three of them because we had everything but spring. How about that? We even had a like freeze. I had to cover a plant with a bag. Outside. <laughs> so yeah, we've done enough uh, podcasts. I think we've hit uh, two seasons in the real world and, and at least three of them in Kansas. So this week's topic is spiritual kindergarten and it continues. Um, so spiritual kindergarten is your, your safe space. Your spiritual kindergarten is a place you can return to in order to feel safe and feel joy again. And the joy part is so important. Picking up my old favorite spiritual books brings me joy. Um, Picking up those first ever, you know, tumbled stones that I got as a child, which I vaguely remember how I even got them. You know, that brings me a flood of joy and, you know, happy memories. Like I kind of remember picking them out. Uh, I think they had to do with like certain road trips around Arizona. Um, but I got my first crystals and stones as a child in Arizona. They came to me and healed me, and I loved them before I ever got a book about healing crystals or an explanation about what that was. I even acquired raw turquoise. When the men in my family took a hunting trip, they found them a turquoise mine, and they raided that sucker. So, <laughs> of course, I benefited. I think the stones wanted to find their way to me. I'm pretty sure. And I remember being spellbound on these trips to Sedona as a kid, because that's what you did in Arizona. That was like the one good thing that my family did, was they took me on day trips. Um, and that was awesome. But as Arizonans, you go on day trips. And there's a lot of crazy places you can go. And Sedona day trips were like my favorite, because we didn't go on them that often. But when we did, it was super fun. And I eventually found this channeled poem that I wrote as a child inside of a book. I don't have it anymore. I wish I'd kept it. I wish I kept the whole thing. Um, But I moved around a lot. And I had some definite like woo-woo stuff going on, Um, obviously, yet no way to nurture it. And I'm sure I got into trouble for writing in that book, too. In fact, like shamed over my woo-woo-ness by my mother, because, you know, I probably shouldn't have been writing in books, which I do. Like, I've mentioned my mother a lot <laughs> lately. Um, and it's that time of year, one, when I lost her, and two, when she visits. If she visits. She's not been a lot of... She's not been a big visitor in recent years. Um, but anyway, in the first years after her death, there were a lot more visits, you know, from the other side. <laughs> This got me into books about the afterlife. Um, One in particular was about Tibetan Buddhism called Good Life, Good Death. I think that's what it was called. I have it. No, I don't have it somewhere. I gave it to a friend when somebody else died. But anyway, that was the most therapeutic book I read after my mom died. For me, anyway. I mean, people give you a lot of weird and sad books when somebody dies. Like, you get this stack of, like, just sorrowful books that like you would never buy for yourself like don't buy people those um when somebody dies don't don't do that just it's really tacky um um, so like I had this stack of like books um and but this was one book that I had selected myself I think I got it at a bookstore I I don't even remember how I got it really um 
I, it may, it may have just come to me. I don't know, but I was hitting my yoga mat at the time listening to this Shiva Ray CD called Shakti Rhythms, which I still have. And I've used it this weekend to kind of be the soundtrack to my spiritual kindergarten. Um, and I've been, I've been turning to this CD a lot lately. Um, cause it makes me happy. Cause it reminds me of like when I was kind of waking up, getting into my yoga practice, it was a comfort when my mom died and it's a comfort to me now. So why, why is this the time of the year when my mom's spirit is most likely to visit the earthly realm? Hmm. Thanks for joining me today on the Fearless Five podcast. I'm your host, Heather Larson, and I'm a certified transformational life coach and Reiki master. I can help you push past the fear and make your dreams come true. Read today's show notes at destinyarchitecture.com, where you can also book a private session with me and get some free downloads. My free ebook is there too. It's called Time to Align, and it will help you get your lifestyle on track. Now go have a fearless and fabulous day. You deserve it. And remember, you are the architect of your destiny. Okay, so why is this the time of year? When my mom's spirit, anyone's mom, any any spirit visits the earthly realm, the veil is thinning, folks. The veil, meaning the screen between the two worlds. There's the spirit plane and the earthly plane. Halloween night, it is its thinnest. And of course, the day after Halloween is Dia de los Muertos. So this is a, a thing that happens. This is a belief that happens across cultures. Um, and, and the veil is thinning right now. I don't remember who taught me this, so I can't cite my source. It was probably one of the many psychics that I've worked with over the years. Um, but I don't even remember when I learned this or where. So go ahead, Google it. Again, don't take my word for it. If there's anything a destiny architect is, it's a critical thinker. I find skepticism healthy and it's up to you to decide how to build up your safe and happy spiritual place. It is a place that is your, your base. You can return to it when times get rough. It's your refuge. For some, it's their Bible or any religious text. Maybe it's a practice like yoga or journaling. I have a friend like she's Hindu and she has this, this awesome, well, she's also an artist. Let me back up. My friend Sangeeta, she grew up together, went to high school together. She's a brilliant artist. Um, and one of the things that she does, she's Hindu. We didn't grow up speaking Arabic. Um, you know, we, we grew up in, in, again, Fremont, California. We were in French class in high school, all throughout high school. We took French. Um, but we didn't speak Arabic. Our friends spoke Arabic, <laughs> but, um, she wasn't Muslim. Um, she was Hindu. Um, but she, you know, crosses all these intersections. And so one of the things that she does, it's like a, like a beautiful spiritual base for her. And, and I, I'm going to butcher the name of it, but it's, it's, um, she even has a business making these designs, but she does Arabic calligraphy and it's absolutely gorgeous and it's intersectional. And I, I could talk all day about it. It's, um, absolutely beautiful. And I do share it once in a while on my Instagram because her designs are amazing and I'm biased because she's my friend. Um, but it's something that she can do. That's like, it's beautiful. It's comforting. If you've ever seen Arabic calligraphy script, the way it's used as an art form 
it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but it's a practice for her. So like maybe your spiritual kindergarten is a practice like meditation, like yoga, like journaling. Uh, maybe it's all of these things. <laughs> like for me, yes. <laughs> you know, maybe it's your first Oracle card deck. I don't even remember what my first Oracle card deck was. Um, I think I had a, a cheesy set of runes as a teenager. I wish I still had it, actually, but it's long gone. I don't know what happened to it. Um, probably traded it <laughs> at the Bookaholic store. But, you know, maybe you're, you know, it's like a touchstone that you, I'm trying to get at here. Like, maybe it's crystals. Maybe it's jewelry. Maybe it's a pendulum. When I was a teenager, I was, like, really inclined to get jewelry. Like, let me get a crystal on a on a rope, you know? <laughs> um like to wear I don't know or some symbol or something like um like they call them glyphs you know like I I would want something like that as a kid but anyway I also had a yoga mat when I was a kid and I had like really cheesy yoga books but anyway for me like I I I, even if I can't have like my tangible grounding stuff I have my breath I have meditation like maybe you're traveling and you really need to get your hands on your spiritual stuff but you can't you know no matter where I am in the world or what's happening I can always sit I can always close my eyes and breathe even if you hide in the bathroom to do it you know like I can which I've done many times I'm like famous for I was famous for it at my last job they knew if they couldn't find me I was I was hiding in the bathroom um because that was a crazy job. But anyway, I can speak affirmations. I can take a minute to meditate. If nothing else, we always have one minute. And that breathing for a minute and calming yourself can change things. And I know for a while there this summer, life for me was touch and go. And I can't wait to be able to talk about it because I love to turn my mess into my message. But I can't yet. <laughs> I'm kind of still in the in the process here. I'm at the last few miles, the last few miles of the marathon, so to speak. Um, and yeah, it's like my only sports analogy because I was a marathon runner. Anyway, I realized at some point this summer I had stopped breathing. I realized I'd stopped taking deep breaths. I was only breathing into like my bra level, you know, like. <laughs> I wasn't practicing with my breath. I wasn't listening to my heartbeat. I wasn't grounding. I wasn't even doing Reiki, man. I just, I felt so out of touch. And this is what happens under stress because at some point this year, I got into like this fight or flight when your adrenaline takes hold. And I just got into this weird holding pattern where it was like constant stress, um, constant reaction to stress. And like, I want to say that I was constantly responding to stress, but a lot of times I was reacting to stress, like I was in survival mode. So this is why spiritual practice is so important. It gives us something to return to, like it gives us a home, it gives us a coping skill, and it gives us rest.